Voice of St. Louis original podcast. It's about to get cold again with another blast of winter. That's just one of the many stories we're covering in the St. Louis All Local from KMOX. Today is Thursday, January 18th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story is the weather. More winter weather is on the way for tonight. Let's check in with KMOX meteorologist Dave Murray. Michael, we have an Arctic cold front on the way. Temperatures, again, fairly pleasant today. But boy, are we going to tumble. Our temperatures tomorrow will be 25 degrees colder. Plus, let's throw in a light, dry powder snow overnight tonight, enough to slick up some roads. But we're going to tumble to 8 degrees by morning. Washington University's new neuroscience research building between the hospital and Cortex is being called the hub for the world's largest concentration of neuroscientists. Washington University Executive Vice Chair of Medical Affairs and Dean of the School of Medicine, Dr. David Perlmutter, says this is a big project for WashU and a big win for St. Louis. We specifically put this building right next to the Cortex Innovation Zone because we're hoping to have even more impact through new companies and licensing of technology. Dr. Perlmutter says many times St. Louisans do not know what a gem Washington University School of Medicine is. And this really applies to our medical school more broadly, which is number two in the country in NIH funding. This is an enterprise that is the place that people will come from the East Coast and the West Coast to do great medical research. Maria Kina, KMOX News. With just one look, technology developed here in the St. Louis region can stop criminals before they ever step foot in a store. When you approach a store, you'll be greeted by a recorded voice. Welcome to our store. Please look at the camera to gain entrance. Paul Browse, CEO of Fenton-based Blue Line Technology. If their face is covered, as in the case of many of the armed robberies that we are preventing these days, uh, then the door will not actuate. That door will not open. And Browse says if the store flags someone who's committed a crime there, the system will block them from entering if they visit again. He says over the past five years, Blue Line's clients have seen a 95% drop in police calls. Megan Lynch, KMOX News. Newly released bystander video shows the moment one of the owners of Bar PM was arrested by police officers. I'm not causing this charge. This is a raising a voice on me. Because you just drove in the car. Let him arrest you, dude. The footage released by the attorney for the bar owners, Javad Kazali, shows officers asking owner James Pence to present ID before cuffing him and accusing him of causing a disturbance. The footage continues on after the officers handcuff Pence, approaching bystanders, filming the incident, and telling the bystander Pence is not allowed to yell at him because that amounts to causing a disturbance. In the video, the bystander tells the officer not to approach him and refuses to provide his badge number when asked. Please don't walk up on me. You don't tell me what to do. Dude, don't walk up on me. No, don't you intimidate me. You're not going to walk up on me. Can I have your badge number? Hey, badge number, please. Officer, officer, what's your badge number? Are you involved in this? What's your... I'm in in public. Are you involved in this? I'm in public. What's your... You engaged with me. What's your badge number? Interfering is a physical act. It's a physical act. It's It's a physical act. Then you're open up to litigation. What's your name and badge number? The video ends at that point and does not show if the officer ever provided his badge number. The video also features a white SUV driving back and forth hurling anti-gay slurs at the bystanders. According to documents tweeted out by Kazali, that officer had previously been sued for arresting a bystander on charges of disturbing the peace, which resulted in the bystander's leg being broken. 
Sean Malone, KMOX News. Groups that support abortion rights in Missouri officially launched a petition drive today. The coalition Missourians for Constitutional Freedom wants the people to vote on ending the abortion ban. The group needs 170,000 signatures by May 5th to put an amendment on this year's ballot. It would allow abortion up to fetal viability, which is case by case, but generally around 24 weeks. You know, we know from not only our political research, but talking to Missourians every day that this is what we want for our state. And we're very excited to be putting this to a direct vote of the people. Attorney Tori Schaefer with the ACLU. More info at moconstitutionalfreedom.org. Scott J. Gal, KMOX News. After students at Francis Howell walked out of class this morning in protest of the school board, a district spokesperson sent KMOX a statement that the protest was peaceful. Crestwood residents will be voting on a $33 million bond issue in April. Mayor Scott Shipley tells KMOX the main focus allows Crestwood to create a new community center. We recognize that uh, we had some issues with some of our facilities in our parks, so we um, created a, a, ma- a park master plan that it was actually a, a project that lasted for about a year and a half. Uh, we did a lot of uh, public outreach and town halls and surveys. And a result of all that, uh, we found out that, you know, there were things that residents told us that they want that we couldn't offer. There's a town hall this evening from 6 till 8 at the community center on Whitecliff Lane. Mayors of major cities are urging the White House to issue a rule banning the sale of menthol cigarettes. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones is among them and says for her, it's a personal mission. Let me take you back to 1960, where a little 14-year-old girl got hooked on menthol cigarettes because they were available and they were popular. That 14-year-old little girl became my mother, who died prematurely at age 54 from throat cancer. The White House is still deciding on whether to issue the ban, which would impact production and sale of menthols, but is not directed at those who actually smoke the cigarettes. The KMOX business desk, Amazon, is investing millions in the owner of Bally Sports to help pull the Cardinals and Blues broadcast partner out of bankruptcy. Major League Baseball is reserving judgment until it sees the scorecard. Washington University sports economist Dr. Patrick Risch tells KMOX Amazon has a good track record. You've got a broadcaster now in Amazon that has basically proven itself through what they're doing on the NFL side, where where they have won awards in the broadcasting community for how well they've pulled off uh, their Thursday night football games. Rich says adding Amazon streaming could make viewing more attractive to younger fans. As we continue on KMOX, one-on-one now with Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mosellock. He talks with KMOX Sports' Matt Pauley about his childhood Cardinals connection and recent changes to the game. Let's take a listen. Do you like the direction baseball's going? Because, again, going back, game has changed. Um, rules changes this past year. It seems like in many ways it's kind of actually pushing it back to the way it used to be played a, a, a little bit. Do, do you like where the game is going in terms of the way the game is being played? Okay, a couple thoughts on that. First off, I love the changes. Um, if you had said to me five, ten years ago, hey, we're going to put a clock in the game, I would have scoffed. I would have said that's the stupidest idea in the world. But, like, all of us that actually watch baseball and go to games, I mean, it's, I think that's great. We're shaving, you know, 25, 30 minutes off a game. I think that's good. I think it's good for our fans, younger fans, are going to appreciate that. Um, would I like a different um, outcome of a game in, in the sense of, like, the high strikeout rate, um, uh, um, and putting more balls in play and more action. Yeah, I'm a big advocate for that. I think that's what fans want to see. Um, as much as I do admire a one nothing game, i.e. Chris Carpenter, um, I do think like 
you want to see some action. I mean, that was an epic game. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. One of my, I think one of the top games I've ever watched in my life, and I think it was cool. But, you know, having balls in play, I think, are relevant. And so stealing more bases, bringing more action to the, to the field, I think is great for the game, and I hope it happens. I'm not trying to speak for all fans here, but I think something fans struggle with is the aesthetics of the game. Because you go back to Whitey Ball and 80s baseball, and people really enjoyed watching those games. So they thought... Well, if you because it's so entertaining, well, that's how you, that's how you play winning baseball. And in many ways, the most aesthetically type of baseball is maybe not the style to win the most games. It, to, to your point, is that something that baseball's got to try to find a way to kind of come together? I think so, and and, and I think like what makes that sort of more interesting is like you'll see more athleticism in the game, right? So, talking about like a young player by the name of Victor Scott, like, watching him play. It's, it will remind you of something you saw in the 80s. Now, I, I think, like, look, things evolve, things change, and I'm not saying we want to go back just to 80s baseball, but I do think when you have that outcome of just a strikeout every time, it's just not as fun. And, you know, I do think, like, trying to figure out ways to keep pitchers healthier, maybe velocity is getting overplayed a little bit, and I think the key for organizations is to figure out you know, how do you keep people on the field? And that's, you know, probably one of the bigger challenges we all face in this industry right now. Are you able ever to just sit back and kind of lose yourself in a game? Okay, so if you ever watch a baseball game with me, I think I try to do that almost every time. Now, there are emotions, right? You, I'm not going to lie. But, um, you know, I think, like, the way I watch a game is I think it's a lot like watching or listening to a, the symphony. When it's done right, Everything is perfect. And so just imagine balls thrown, balls hit, put in play. We'll, we'll just go to uh, down the right field line. Everybody should be moving, even though the center fielder is not necessarily involved in that play, even though the left fielder is not. Everybody should be doing something, right? Second baseman's going out for the cut. First baseman's trailing the runner. You know, everything happens. But like most people, all they see is the ball go to right field, throw come in base runner standing on second or not, right? But, like, I watch the game in that set of lenses. And so when I see, like, the left fielder not move, that's when I get a little frustrated. Mm. But when it's done right, it's seamless. I always tell people who don't know baseball so well, go go watch, like, even before the pitch, move, watch guys moving around. There's People say that baseball is a boring game or a slow game. It's not. There's always something happening. There is, and... and I think the, the people that admire the game the most understand that. You talked about relationships when we were talking about trades. Um, again, I was with Jason Mott, and he told me that he felt like even as a player, and certainly now, he's always had a good relationship with you. You're the guy who signs, releases, trades, extends. You're the boss. You control so many things about these individuals' lives. How challenging is it to, at the same time, have some type of relationship with players? Well, I, I would like to think I, I have a healthy relationship with players. I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in my 50s now, so I'm probably not as relatable as I once was with guys that are in their 20s and 30s. But, you know, I, I think there's, a, there's that relationship of, of just understanding. And, and look, I think the most important thing I can do for a player is give them encouragement, let them know we believe in them, and let them know we trust them to do their job. Um, People that play at this level, I think we all assume they're just great athletes and it's super easy, but it's not. It's, it's a hard game. And 
you know, when, when you're not playing well, it's even a harder game. And so I feel like what I try to do with my relationships is, is simply just be encouraging to players and let them know that, that we have their back and we believe in them because it's, it's, it's a grind, man, and it's, it's hard. Well, as we continue on KMOX, some entertainment venues are facing some weeknight woes because Americans, I guess, have decided to stay home Monday through Thursday. Joining us right now is Wall Street Journal reporter Will Fewer. Thank you uh, for your time, Will. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so what's going on with the folks uh, at Dave & Buster's? And we know about Topgolf here, Bolero, so many of these um, you know, entertainment venues. You can think of Alamo Drafthouse, Putt Shack. What are they facing Monday through Thursday these days? Yeah, so those family entertainment centers, like you just said, and, and it really extends beyond them, too, to restaurants and movie theaters as well. Uh, they're seeing a bit of a pullback uh, over the past 12 months or so in the middle of the week, the kind of Monday to Thursday stretch. Uh, and, and all of these chains, you know, they're trying to keep demand going, rolling out discounts and promotions, uh, many of which I'm sure your listeners are, are familiar with, the uh, half-off golf on Tuesdays at Top Golf. Uh, the uh, half-off arcade Wednesdays at Bolero, which owns uh, various bowling chains, uh, just just in an effort to try to keep people coming out. And what have you heard from folks uh, who are deciding not to go out? What, what's their reason? Yeah, so I, I think there's a few factors here. One is that prices are up on everything, as, as everyone is all too familiar with. Uh, prices at these venues are up, but also prices in, in grocery stores and price on rent and, and everywhere else is up. People are having to make difficult decisions about their budgets. And, uh, you know, people are reluctant to give up their weekends. So where do they cut back? They cut back in the middle of the week and decide to just stay home and save up for that big Friday night out or that big Saturday date night uh, or, or family outing. Uh, so they're, they're cutting back in the middle of the week, and that's what, what's feeling the, the pain. Uh, part of it also is just uh, that things are getting a little bit back to normal, right? That during the pandemic from 2020, 2021, once all of these chains opened back up from, from the restrictions, uh, people were working from home, schools were remote. People were kind of desperate to get out of their homes, and they had plenty of time. And, and at the time, you know, they had a decent amount of money to do that. Uh, now people are going back to the office. Kids are back in school. And not just back in school, right? School sports are back and after school lessons and all of that is back. And uh, people are busy again. And maybe they don't have time to go out to the movies or go, go bowling or to the arcade. Uh, so it's both, you know, money and time is, is short. How much of a challenge is this for these companies? Uh, do they still make enough revenue on the weekends to be viable? Or is this a, a real uh, threat to their business models to not have uh, a significant amount of revenue the rest of the week? Yeah, I think, you know, all these chains are going to survive, but the challenge is, you know, they want to keep growing, right? And uh, they benefited a lot from that trend that I just mentioned of people having time and money for for middle-of-the-week outings uh, in recent years. And now, you know, they're starting to hit a bit of a slowdown, and and that's showing up in their revenue numbers over the past 6 to 12 months. Um, And they're, they're looking to offset that by, you know, raising prices on the weekends by, you know, like I said, rolling out these discounts to try to keep traffic coming during the middle of the week. Uh, They don't like to see it, but I I do think there is a bit of an industry acknowledgement that, you know, this is normal, right. And, and it's to be expected a little bit of the normalization, uh, but they certainly don't love to see it. Well, I'm sure people now will check out their favorite venues and see what kind of weeknight deals uh, they're offering. And maybe they'll uh, take advantage of those now. Wall Street Journal reporter Will Fewer. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you, Will. Thanks for having me. 
I'm Michael Calhoun. The St. Louis All Local is a production of the KMOX News Team.